We all face some silent struggle, but trust me, you are not alone. I'm your host, MJ, and every week we break down a challenge, success, or struggle with someone who's also been through it. We learn from lived experience and love to share tools, resources, and concepts that might help you get off the struggle bus. Interested? Subscribe for more. Let's get into it. All right, we're back. We're here with Josh from Love Food More. What's up, Josh? Hello, hello, how are you? Nice to see you, sir. Today, we're generally talking about the struggle bus of content and the consistency and the work and all the things that need to be done around content. And just so you all know, I met Josh maybe a year or so ago, two years ago, maybe. Yeah, maybe two years ago already. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I've loved seeing your rise on social. And I know I primarily follow you on Instagram, but he is like 12,000 deep in YouTube, 93.7 thousand on TikTok because, you know, he's way younger than me. Um, (laughs) You know, only a measly, you know, forty five hundred on Instagram hey, compared to the others. You know, but he's hyping him up because love food more. We can get into how it all started, but for me, it's just loving to see my friend think about content and grow it, and do all getting to the point where YouTube is recognizing you, and like you're getting all these brand sponsorships, obviously. I know none of this is easy. (laughs) Coming in as a comms person myself, my regular day job is communications and I've been doing it forever, but it's never been like the engaged kind of content that you're able to do. So I find it fascinating. And so thank you so much for the time to speak tonight to talk about all this good stuff. No, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and just chill out and hang out and, you know, just talk, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely. Thank you. And so you are a CIA trained chef, like private Mm. chef these days. Like that is your meat and potatoes. And I'm just wondering, like, how do you go from CIA, like the Culinary Institute of America, to becoming a content creator? 10,000 foot view. How, sir? <laughs> it was not in the trajectory. It was not in the plan at all. I actually had a YouTube channel prior to going to culinary school and prior to mm. knowing I wanted to be a chef. I always had a passion for like video creations with like my brother and my family. We would make like short plays and stuff and record it out of the park and do like stupid stunts and record it and post it and make short stories. And we always had a passion for it, but he was more of the director. I was more of like the actor. That was my role. And he just tell me what to do and I would do it. And... Going into culinary school, when I found out I wanted to be a chef, I actually had, I had videos I was posting on YouTube. I was getting hundreds of thousands of views. I would basically remix music videos. Like the copyright laws were so much different back then. I would take music <laughs> and take like animes or like cartoons and make them go along with the music. And that's what I did, like just consistently. I would just do that like, you know, once a month or so. And I'd be like, hey, I'm getting a lot of views. This is kind of cool, you know? But then when I was decided I wanted to be a, go to school and be a chef, I was like, I want to be the best chef in the world. I need to eliminate my distractions. So I stopped dancing. I stopped doing music. I deleted my YouTube channel. I literally just wiped out everything from my past. Like, all right, this is my focus. This is my goal. This is what I'm going to do. 
and I went to culinary school and it was a whole different experience because I was just like super depressed because I was like, I, you know, I was like, I was just like, I had no decorations on my wall. It was just a gray wall. It felt like a prison. Nobody wanted to hang out with me. And I was just like, I'm focusing. I'm in the library if you need me. And then I was like, I'm not happy. Let's just start doing my st- stuff again. You know, let's just make some friends. Let's go out and dance and see what happens. And, you know, I just started making friends. And then the whole thing happened still where like I was having fun, but I realized I could still be a chef. I could still be a chef, pursue my dream and have fun doing it. Fast forward like 10 years later, we're working at the best restaurant in the world in New York City, my wife and I, and the pandemic happens. It shuts us down, right? And that's a huge pivot for everybody. And that's when people like they either shut down, they quit, or they pivot and they go into, you know, fight mode. What's going to happen? What's going to do? I'm not going to fail here. So basically, this gave us an opportunity to relook at our situation a bit. And we became very aware that our industry was not protected by first, like the government. It was not pandemic proof. There was the first to go. And people only cared about chain restaurants. Mom and pop shops were shutting down all over the place. And that's basically what we would be is a mom and pop shop. So we're like, all right, we need to pivot. We need to figure out what we can do. And it wasn't my deal. Like, oh, I'm going to be a content creator. You know, that was like the last thing. I was out there doing DoorDash, yeah. like delivering food. And then all of a sudden I was like, I got some hot sauce in the closet. Let's post a, a, video, a picture on Instagram. Like I had like 900, 1200 followers at this point. And I was like, let's just post a picture and see what happens. I got some hot sauce. Who wants some? And literally in the day, sold like 50 orders in three or four hours. And I was like, this is wild. I just made, let's example, I just sold, you know, each bottle cost $10. That was like $500 in three, four hours, right? Of sales. And I was like, huh, this is something here. You can make money on social media with a product. <laughs> so that's all I knew to that extent. And then I started diving into it more like, oh, social media marketing, if I market my product, and then I started talking with people in that area and I started realizing, hey, there's people that are getting paid from the actual social media companies to make videos. I'm like, hey, that's cool. It's a stream of money. Let's figure out how to make it work. And it came to a point where I was just like, whatever our social media is, is making money. I'm going to do it. TikTok, I was super hesitant about it. I was like, why would I make a TikTok? It's for 14-year-old girls dancing, right? That's what everybody thinks. And then I saw, I was just scrolling through one day. And I saw Gordon Ramsay on that show. Like I saw Gordon Ramsay on TikTok. And I was like, yo, come on now. If Gordon Ramsay here, I need to hop on here. And just start making some cooking videos and then like you know you mess around with it you have some fun with it like during the pandemic you're staying at home like what are you doing you know you're either consuming or you're creating and i was like let me do a little bit of both let me do some research and just like create it's always as a chef or an artistic person it's always fun to create you know why not just create content we can't actually go out and feed people right now so why don't we cook something through the screen and reach more people than we ever could in our restaurant and i think i had a one video go viral like three million views. This was like three and a half weeks into posting every single day. And I was just like- Was it drip content? <laughs> it was not drip content, surprisingly. It was me <laughs> making sticky rice, the stupidest thing in the world. It was like literally washing rice. And I was like, why is this going viral? It was filmed on my phone. It was filmed at like six o'clock in the morning on my phone and like stupid, like me being dumb, like spilling water. I'm like, oh, I spill water. And like, I fall off the screen. Or then like, I slide into the screen. Like, what's up? I'm making rice. And then we just make rice. Like, it's just like the dumbest thing ever. And it goes viral. And I'm like, yo, this is cool, man. I'm addicted. To-. Like, I check my phone every two minutes. Like, oh, how many views do I have? How many likes do I have? And you become addicted. You become sucked into it. And they're smart because they know you want that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just got sucked into it. And I was like, all right, cool. 
like I'm here now. Now I got to figure out how to make get more likes, you know, get more views. That's when like the Gary V started kicking in. I'm like, yo, Gary V grew up right down the street from us. Like what? In in Minnesota? No, in Union. Oh, what? Gary yeah. V is from Union? Do you know that? Yeah, he's from Short Hill. So like the Union, the wine library, that's uh-huh. the wine library he's talking about. The one right there in Short Hill in, in Milburn. You ever been in? I pass it. Yeah, the wine library there, that's the one he worked in since he was 19 years old that he helped his parents flip and turn into what it is today, the largest freaking like wine lab, Yo, this, this the first area. online. It's insane. I'm telling you, like people sleeping on New Jersey and like I'm, I was sleeping on it. And then I started realizing like, yo, Jersey got it going on. First of all, there's a lot of high class people here. There's a lot of like chill people here, a lot of cool people that people don't know about. And they're all in the area. Like, you know, like, like Rising Stars too, like the writer for some of Ariana Grande's music. And she wrote a bunch of others. She's a, writer, a musician. She's in Union too. She's had a street name after her, like not too long ago. I don't know if you've seen her. No. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't remember her name. I'll look for it and I'll send it to you guys. But I can't remember her name. I've seen it. I was like, yo, no way. Like she wrote that, uh, I want it. I got it. <laughs> What's that? Wow. Wow, Josh. Yeah, wow. I'm like, yo, I'm a huge Ari fan. Y'all know that. <laughs> I love Ari. Yo, know, she got me through my divorce. Those seven rings. Oh, yeah, seven rings. Exactly. That's the song, man. Yeah, man. It's just a jam. When I'd be at the restaurant early morning, I'd be playing Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande, like no joke. Uh, People okay. walk in and I'd be jamming out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wait, let me go back a bit to something you said earlier. When you entered culinary school, it felt like your creativity was almost gone. It's funny because I actually went into culinary school. It wasn't culinary. It was like baking school. Do you know what that's about yeah. me? Okay. I knew a little bit. I knew, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. So I was working at the mayor's office at the time. And I was uh-huh. like, I think politics is not creative enough. And I need a creative outlet. So mm. why don't I do wedding cakes? So I went to the French Culinary Institute to get my wedding cake you know, degree, I guess. And yeah. restaurant management degree. So I have both of those things, right? And my food handler's license. And I did three years of wedding cakes on the side while I was working at the mayor's office, right? And so I'm like, that's funny how you say culinary school, like almost took away your creativity versus like I went in to try to be creative. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, creativity is almost like learning the rules and then learning to break them, right? So it's an interesting way to look at it because like, oh, to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Everyone says that. But like to create, you have to understand the basics of what you're doing so you can understand why it works and why it doesn't work. And then you find the beauty in it. And some that's not all the case all the time. Like sometimes being ignorant is completely, like, you know, ignorant is bliss, right? Sometimes not knowing is the best thing because then you have no boundaries. I totally agree with you on knowing the, the rules and learning the rules before knowing how to break them. Mm-hmm. Is that sort of allows like that play, which I think comes into how you approach content too, when you're talking about studying and figuring out how these platforms work, right? Short form content is different across all the platforms. Like, you have to think of the audience, right? And surprisingly, it was shown that like the largest new demographic joining TikTok is in the 55 plus age. How do people behave on most platforms? TikTok is mostly people scrolling with shorter attention spans. Instagram, people are looking for inspiration or purchasing products. YouTube is like more educational search based. You can cross promote all your content on everything. But then if you actually want to focus in and pull in 
an audience in that specific platform, you have to cater to that platform. Based on my following count, like where would you think I generate the most income from social media? I would guess TikTok, because I feel like the monetization on TikTok is with your followers and then mm. maybe YouTube. But so that's the craziest thing is like, okay, so I have 93,000 on TikTok, 12,000 mm. on YouTube, but the way I make the most income is through Instagram. Bro, what? 4,500. So even though I don't have the largest following on Instagram, my followers are the most loyal followers on Instagram. I convert the most yeah. sales and I have the best funnel through Instagram because people come there to hire me through my business, which I don't even promote anymore. Everything's through word of mouth. And I put on my profile, chef for hire, and then I make content videos, not even relating to private chef dinners, just me cooking at home and people will hire me and spend thousands of dollars on a dinner. Right? So that's the thing about the misconception of basing your influence based on your following count. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I only have 900 followers or 600 followers, but like I'm, I landed my first brand deal at 1200 followers on Instagram. Shout out to Aero Farms. Right. Love that. No, it actually wasn't even Aero Farms. What? Aero Farms is recent. Aero Farms was in the making. I don't know how much detail I can get to this, but we've been, they That's saw crazy. a video I did for another company last year. Mm. And they got in contact with me and said, we would love to work with you. We love how you use our greens. I said, cool. Eight months later, got in contact, and then we're shooting this huge promotional brand deal, which is like three months long. And it was like eight months in the making just through conversation. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just being in contact and being in network with people. And that's the thing about social media is you never know who you're going to be in touch with. Like, it's crazy to think how many people I've met through social media and how much of a connection we have because we have the similar, we're on a similar struggle bus and we understand each other's like complications of what it is to be a social media creator and how the platforms are always changing and how to make that a full-time, become a full-time creator. You know, it's, it's, it's a weirdest thing is because people still don't look at this which I think is great for me because like, I'm always going to be in an industry where people don't tend to take it seriously. Right. Mm -hmm. Like a chef, like a chef wasn't a serious job, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Like it was just something, it was like, Oh, you're a chef. You're a low level craftsman. You're a line cook. You know, anybody could do your job kind of thing. Yeah. And then now people, chefs are celebrities, chefs are rock stars, you know, they're superstars. And now it's the same thing with social media. It's like social media is not going to take off. Nobody's going to take it seriously. Who's you're out there taking videos, dancing in the street, but then you're realizing that that video is converting you thousands of dollars, like a month, a week. Like people don't understand. Like if it, if it's gonna get you paid and you're happy doing it, like you should pursue it and do it. Like it's a crazy thing is those like it doesn't happen right away. I just think it's crazy like how many people get held back because of the perception of what people think of them. You know? No, absolutely. And to your point, it's not overnight. And mm. what. I love about you is your consistency. There's mm -hmm. always something happening. There's always some kind of content. And I remember you like, I, I don't know if it was like a series of videos, but like you had this wall calendar of content <laughs> and you were like filling it out every day. I have a crazy task list and I've never <laughs> been able to do this. No, definitely. So like, I am probably like the least organized person in the world. As a chef, like you have like your mise en place list or the list of things to do. And like, the thing about it is like my calendar list is like the stuff that I physically like working on that I know I will not do unless I see it. I never make a point of day like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to film this at seven o'clock. 
and mm-hmm. I have to do this content. Because then what happens? The kids go crazy. They won't sleep. They won't eat their dinner, whatever. And then I'm up till 1130, 12 o'clock. I'm like, all right, it's 130. Am I going to film this or am I just going to push it off? So it's those decisions that you make. And of course, like I don't hold myself too much to these deadlines. It's a weird thing because like, at the same time, if you don't take it seriously and if you don't make time for it, it's not going to happen. Yes. And that's the things I realized. Like, nobody's going to go out here and do this for me. Nobody's going to be able to be like, hey, man, you're going to film content today. You got to get up. You got to do this. You know, like nobody's going to push you to do it. Like you have to just do it and you want to you have to want to do it and realize that this could change your freaking life, man. Like for me, it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday and I'm home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's insane. Working in the restaurant, I work 16 hours a day. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. And I can work. Whenever I can be, hey, I'm gonna work this weekend. I'm gonna work at night. When, like, I can just put the babies down and work at three o'clock in the morning till six. You know, like whatever I want. You know, and it's crazy to be able to do that. I tell you again, I'm. I don't want. I don't want to put out there like I'm a full time. I'm not a full time creator. Mm-hmm. Right. I have another job, but it is another personal business. I have my own business on top of my other business. So technically, I'd say I'm running three businesses right now. What love food more the content. Love food. Love for More is the, my media company. I'm just okay. brand, rebranding it as a media company. Oh. So Love for More will be Love for More Productions, and that will be like social media, brand deals, sponsorships, content creating, stuff like that. So basically, I will hire out my own media company to shoot all the ads for my hot sauce company, which is <laughs> Baby Daddy's Hot Sauce. <laughs> Love it. Exactly. So keeping keeping that in house, and then I will also yeah. Then I have the hot sauce company, Baby Daddy's Hot Sauce. Where we have we just picked up another wholesale account with Umami Cart, um, so that'll be launching soon. We're doing onboarding right now, so technically we have two wholesale accounts. We have a store in Atlantic City, and they have a store in the American Dream Mall, which I have yet to visit. I have to go see our product in these stores. Stop! It's in the yeah. it's an American Dream though. We're I've, trying to avoid American Dream right now. Yeah, I saw that the helicopter fell down. Did you see that? What the hell? <laughs> like, this is insane. So there's going to be a lawsuit. They're definitely coming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard a quote the other day that freaking blew my mind. And I don't know that. It was like, wow. You know? I was like, there's somebody out there with half as much skill as you and is crushing it because they're actually doing it. Mm. I was like, so I was like, huh. So there's somebody out there who's like literally nothing skill-wise compared to me, but they're out there making a, the living off the dream because they're putting themselves out there. I'm like, you're right. Let's do this thing, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. See, this is why I'm on a struggle bus because it's, we're moving forward. It's exactly. not perfect, but we're moving. Exactly. We're moving. That's all that matters, really. Life is like a treadmill, right? If you're not moving, you're just going backwards and you just got to keep moving, keep rolling. So but I, I do appreciate other content creators who are moving as well. I think this is why, like, you know, I gravitated toward you and your content. Right, as love food more initially, right? Because I'm something's there. He's working it out, and you were so, you know, thank you for being so open and sharing your challenges and what you're working on next. Because obviously, we're always like, how can we help? You know, how can we reshare your stuff, like your stuff? You know, tell more people about you. So like, comment, subscribe. That's that's, <laughs> that's all that helps. <laughs> no, and that's the thing too is. You think you have it figured out. And I love it while she was like, you seem like you like the business plan is structured, laid out, you figure out your next step, when you're going to pull in the teammate, you know, and that's awesome. I didn't have any of that. You know, I was just like, I'm doing this and I'm going to keep doing it every day until I figure out what makes sense. Like, you know, for a time I was like, oh, I'll just film the kids cooking or I'll film what I make for breakfast. I'll film what I make for my wife. I'll film what I cook for my clients. And I'm like, 
whatever, I don't even know what I'm doing at this point. And before, like, I think we're talking about what my company, how it even started, like Love Food More. What does that even mean? Like, I had some people call me up. And they're like, your name is not even catchy. It's boring. You should change your company name. And I'm like, I've had this thing for a long time and I know what it means. And for me, it meant for like Love Food More, like food is life. So Love Food More, like food is my life. And then I broke it down to like the categories in my life, like my love life, my food life. And then whatever else I enjoy doing. And then it became like a, my lifestyle blog. And I was like, and I was actually on a TikTok live playing Grand Theft Auto, just talking about my company, mindlessly running people over with the bus. And then I was like, I was just like talking to people. I was like, you know, my company is like love food more. You know, I know people love food. My goal is to get you to love food more. I was like, yo, that's dope. I'm going to keep that. I was like literally freaking out. And I was like, there was like three people on my live stream. And I was like, yo, that's cool. I'm going to write that down. And then they were like hyping me up. Like, yeah, that's super cool, man. <laughs> I can't see them. They can't, they can see me. And I'm like super excited about like, hey, I have a final, like uh, uh, a meaning to the name and like uh, a motto, a statement. It's like, this is the company. It's like, people love food. Let's get you love food more. Because in reality, we think about things in life that we love. We mm -hmm. think we love it. Think about a relationship, right? We think we love somebody. And then we move in with them. And then we find out they snore. We find out that they're a slob. And they're like, oh, you're so hard to love, you know? But like, how can I love you more? I'm going to learn more about you. I'm going to learn why you do this. And it's, this is the whole thing. Because like this is the whole struggle is like me. And me, when I wanted to get married, I was like, I have to be with somebody that's going to make me think about them more than I think about food. I actually mm -hmm. said that to someone. And I was like, I'm the, I was, I feel like the biggest asshole for saying that to somebody. But like, if you think about it, it's like, how can you learn to love someone more? Like you think of love, you don't just love food, you love people. How do you get, how do you get to love somebody more? You learn more about them. You learn what, what turns them on, turns them off. You know, what makes them tick. It's the same thing with food. It's like, how can you get to love food more? You learn about the ingredient more. You learn about where it came from. You learn about the people behind the food. You learn about the story behind the food. And I'm just like, this is makes sense because there's no, it's not, there's no one niche. It's like around everything. It's everything revolving food, wrong one of the people, which I love the most. And it was just like a light bulb moment where six years into having this love food more brand name, I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do food related content. We're mm -hmm. going to get people to love food more. You think you know what you're going to do, but then you just, it just changes. And I love how you found out the why while you yeah. were on a TikTok live playing Grand Theft Auto. Like, and it's just like you were decompressing. You were clearly decompressing. Yeah, clearly decompressing. Right? And then you're like, "Oh, this makes sense." The whole concept of off the struggle bus actually came to me after I was floating in a float tank. Like I was decompressing. I was having such a stressful time. I don't remember what was happening, but I was like, "Screw it! I'm going to spend the morning in a freaking float tank for an hour just to try to like sleep." Yeah. I, mean, I was in the float tank and for some reason it's just this thought like came over me and I was like, I have to write this down and I have to text my people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, off the struggle bus, something is there with it. I'm always sharing information with my friends, like mm -hmm. mentors, mentees, like colleagues, right? People going through the same like content struggles, right? For work, I'm always managing like the platforms and figuring out what is our story as an organization. Right. right. But then I was like, wait a minute. Off the struggle bus, I'm in this moment of navigating the space between scarcity and abundance. Working in the public sector, like government, nonprofit, it's always 
do more with nothing. Right. <laughs> and I'm suddenly in a space where I'm working where foundation and lobbying adjacent, right? So like we just need to make it make sense and the money will will figure out the money situation. Right. Right. I'm an immigrant to this country, so I don't yes. have a foundation of wealth and privilege to work off of. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, we actually have support versus the past 15 years of my life where I, we've been trying to figure it out. Mm. Right? In nonprofits and government, the running joke is we're on a struggle bus because you know we just don't have the resources. Like it's like right. a joking, like insidery thing to say. Like yeah. we're building the we're building the plane as we fly it. We're on the struggle bus, whatever. And knowing all the brown people I know in government and the shared struggle of how do we navigate this toxic work environment? How do we navigate salary negotiations, contracts, mm. blah, 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 right? There's always that text thread on the group chat. Oh, I got this opportunity. Do I bother taking it? And then all mm. the friends weigh in and are like, is this a good thing? Are you thinking about your health insurance? Are you thinking about the staff you'll mm. be managing or working with? Just all these considerations. And I find myself over the years having the same conversations with different people because, you know, it's chapters in everybody's lives, right? They Definitely. join a job, whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute. If I had a blog or a podcast so that it could be like step one, like, oh, we're talking about this topic, you can go to this blog post or this episode. And then once you listen to that, come back to me because after all the you know, schooling, like grad school and fellowships and all the stuff I've done just work-wise, I've come to realize my personal mission as a person, right? I am a professional dot connector and I absolutely love helping people go from point A to point B. But the key is the person has to be like already in motion. Like mm -hmm. they have to want to help themselves. I can't dream for you. Right, exactly. To your point of nobody's going to film this content but for me, but me, right, mm -hmm. at 1 a.m. Right? Because <laughs> it's a goal that you've set for yourself. Right. right. So when I encounter people who are like, I'm trying to get here and all these are all the things I'm trying to do, right? And this is these are the gaps that I'm seeing or I just need help with. Mm -hmm. If there is some kind of like way that I can help point them or introduce them to somebody or like push them further and like you're already going just go like I love seeing my people win right like I can't <laughs> tell you how many people I've helped with salary negotiations mm. like easily double their salary that's huge. Know? right that's and like I've been in places where you know I found out like the co-workers make more but they have less experience right mm. absolutely frustrating um, and so as the manager, like above the folks, you know, navigate, like having the conversation with the senior staff, with the bosses to be like, she, she's about to leave if you don't give her this raise. That's you know? huge. And That's life-changing. Right? And so I'm like, no, this we are all on a struggle bus. <laughs> We're yes. all trying to figure it out. Similar to you, like your verticals are food and creativity and, right? And, um mine end up being politics and mentorship and stuff, right? And so mm. I'm like, what, what is that for me, right? And I, I think these past few months, I've just been struggling with like how I rebrand, right? Mm. 
And so I've been working with coaches, going down the rabbit hole of Instagram and stuff, and just following other content creators and the folks that are exploring the AI world of content things. Have you gone into that? Oh man, I'm so deep into it. I'm like, (laughs) this is insane. How do you feel about how do you feel about the AI stuff coming out? It's literally the most terrifying thing in the world, but also the most beneficial thing that could happen. If you think about it, we can use AI to become superhumans, but at the same time, like thinking that there is a supercomputer out there that is the most creative, most artistic thing in the world and more creative than you will ever be is super disheartening as a creative, you know? Like the only thing that we can really do that these things can do is be a personality, right? Mm-hmm. To build this almost, we would think almost a human touch, but then now they're coming out with these love bots, like that are just like, you know, literally that are for relationships, bonding, for what? friendships, for sexual relationships. Yeah, because what they want to do is like what what they're working on is like thinking of like imagine a spouse that literally knows everything about your history and knows how to comfort you no matter what and knows how to answer you in the way that you want to hear every single time, no matter what. That's but it terrifying. has a human It's terrifying because there's going to be people out there that don't want the conflict of true relationships. I think that's going to be the real struggle is when we actually come to a place where people don't want human touch anymore. Think about when you go to the checkout at a grocery store. Like, do you want to go to the cashier or you just want to go to self-checkout and not talk to anybody and just get in and get out? Oh my God, I'm the, shel- I'm the self-checkout person. <laughs> exactly. And we're all like that. Like, we didn't even realize that's a thing. But our job, those jobs are being taken away by other people machines that can just do our job for us and the independency of humans. AI is a huge, it's a whole nother, we could like really go into an hour conversation about no, AI. Totally. <laughs> as far as like you getting into this content creating world, what do you think has been your biggest struggle in starting and putting yourself out there? I think finding my voice has mm. been a struggle. If you listen to season one of mm. this podcast, I think I was forcing finance content. Mm. And Personal finance will always and forever be a pillar of what I talk about and Mm -hmm. what I do because I'm like personally going through fixing my own finances. Mm -hmm. But I think this is why I've been working with a speaker coach to just figure out how I tell my story because I've spent so many years telling other people's stories that my biggest challenge is like, wait, how do I focus (laughs) and... Mm -hmm tell my own because I do have a story to tell. I think that's going to be the biggest pivot in this. Cause as you continue to do this, you tell your story and you continue to learn more about yourself. And then only in doing that, you will actually make that pivot and find your true voice. And that's where it's happening. Like this is my second year into filming and making content every single day. And like, even now I don't know what I want to talk about still, but like, I have an idea, like oh, I want to create, family content that's going to get people to love food more. I don't want it to be just about the food and fast cut edited videos. I want to get into the finances of cooking. I want to get into the health of cooking. I want to get into the lifestyle of being in love with food and controlling it. At the same time, it's like over time, you will discover yourself as long as you continue to do it. Mm-hmm. Like you only, the longer you do something, the more you learn about it. And I think this is one of those things is where you are a continuing project that you are working on every single day. You continue to develop skills and you continue to learn more about yourself and you get to figure out what you actually want to do with your podcast or with yourself, with your life, you know? Right now, I'm a baby YouTuber. I'm no, nowhere near. <laughs> no. I can only upload 15 minutes at a time. 
So I have to chop episodes for now. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. That's the thing. Don't ever compare yourself to anybody because that's the comparison is the thief of joy. It's the biggest thing because there there will be times where you become like so depressed where you just want to quit. You know, it's literally the most depressing thing ever. Like when you're like, and then you get in your head like. I'm sad because I didn't get views on a video I made. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's like, what? <laughs> like, what, what is this world? Like, that's what I'm upset about, <laughs> you know? So like, it's, I don't know, right? In business, right? They call it the trough of sorrow. You, ha- you have to realize when there's ups, there'll be downs, and you just have to ride the freaking roller coaster, man. And it's, in the end, like, this is a business. Creating content is a business. And that's what a lot of people don't see it as, but... When you realize, hey, guess what? Last month I made more than five months I ever did working in a restaurant in a month creating content. And it's just like, what? That's possible? Yeah, it is. And I'm still working on another job that we started ourselves. Like, it's just amazing to see what the journey it is and like how it continues to grow and evolve when you're consistent with something. And you got to do what's best for you, right? You seem like you're very organized, like you're very like, you know what you want to do. You have a checklist. You go down and you do it. And you have all the people in place that are resources for you to help you do it. And me, I'm just like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night like, hey, I'm going to start a business today and log into start and spend $400 on it. Let's see. You know, literally, that's what happened. I woke up at 4 a.m. I signed out all the papers to get an LLC. By 6.30 in the morning, I bought Love Food More LLC. And I told Jenna, she woke up, hey, babe, we're an official company now. <laughs> She's What? <laughs> Yeah, I'm very reactive. I have an idea, just like you in a think tank. Like you have an idea and you go off and you do it. And I think the universe rewards people who act promptly. Like these ideas come to you for a reason because they want you to be, they want it to happen. The world world wants it to happen. I remember listening to a podcast and it was talking about how Michael Jackson woke up at three o'clock in the morning and, you know, messages producers like, hey, yo, we have to go record a song right now. Let's go do it right now. And he was like, yo, do we really have to record it right now? It's three o'clock in the morning. He said, yes. If we don't record this right now, Prince is going to record it tomorrow. And I was just like, that's interesting. The idea of like the universe puts these ideas out there to multiple people and whoever acts on it first and acts the quickest is the one that will reap the rewards and benefits from it. If you have an idea, it came to you for a reason. There's people that do things with them and there's people that just let it sit in their head forever, you know? That's true. And you know what's also what I found fascinating? Going to the finance conference last year, Mm -hmm. I didn't really fully have a podcast yet. I had a trailer episode of an idea that I thought I needed to talk about when I was in a room with like hundreds of people. Yeah. (laughs) Like networking, right? Because the question is like, who are you? What do you do? I'm like, I'm here at a finance conference to learn about finance. I don't know. But realizing I needed to go into Florida with goals And for me, I was like, the big win would be to be able to walk out of this FinCon with a tax person, like a proper Mm. tax person. And saying it out loud, it just so happened the first people that I met standing in line at like the orientation of it were, it was the money millennial group, a bunch of millennials who specialize in content creators out in California. And the CEO of the company is a Filipino woman. So I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm sold. I am. I'm, <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> see, you are my tax person. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm excited to have her on the podcast like later. That's amazing. The idea is put in your head. It is up to you to like put action behind the idea, but then also speak into existence the goals. And it just, for some reason, the people 
and the team is like showing up in pieces it right? falls into place like you know like some a lot of it is you have to be in the right place and be around the right people at the right time like you went to fincon put you in a position where you were in a room and absorbing information and increasing your network you wouldn't have been there if you didn't take the action to go sign up for fincon you have to act on these things if you act on what you are prompted to do it'll put you in a position where more influence can change your life if it is like marketing for the universe right it's like we, we put these subliminal ads in your head and you have to click on it and go down the funnel right that's what it's like it's like the idea is a pop-up ad and you have to click on it and then go is that down what the, the universe funnel. is doing to us oh <laughs> God. that's what i think is happening honestly like it's just crazy how you can think you ever have like a good idea and then you don't do anything about it and then two weeks later a month later a day later you see somebody else do it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like and you're like hey i had that idea i invented that but no you didn't do shit, man like you had you the didn't idea do anything about it exactly you didn't do anything about it i think there's like bursts of ideas that go out to people who are awake at certain times or that are doing certain things that make it possible to do something like give people the option like it's, you're not the only person that has the idea someone else has it the option you have is if you're going to do it or not in the end i think that's like that's that's the bus i think everyone's on everyone has a story like you said but the real struggle is are you going to tell it or are you just going to hold on to it I have a book they could write but how hard is it to write a book yeah you know? the thing i keep telling myself and just reminding myself if i keep doing the same thing i'm not going to get a different result so i have to change it up i have to put myself in these situations where i'm meeting new people or trying new things because even while i'm like doing this podcast and editing for myself like i'm learning things that i like i don't like what i'm mm -hmm. trying to shoot for or not i think it's just making the content better down the line because looking yeah. back on what i was doing last year versus now like it's not in a great place but we're moving forward you're moving forward that's really all that matters people think they're going to start making content and it's going to be the most polished best thing they ever did like it's going to be the worst thing you ever did the thing is you continue to grow and you continue to do it and then you look back at it like, wow, I, I came here to here in this amount of time. And you'll never see where you, how far you went if you never actually start, right? Yep. It only takes a certain amount of hours to get good at something. But then like people wait years to do that first hour and getting good at something. It's, it's like really 10,000 hours or something. 10,000 hours to be an expert at something and yep. just start, man. 10,000 hours isn't that much. You think about it. If you enjoy doing something, like... It's done. Let's close out with this. What is something that you're going to be celebrating at the end of the year? Oh, man. This year we're going to celebrate so much. This is going to be a big year for us. So we're going to celebrate surviving two kids. We're going to celebrate being in the best shape of our life. We're going to celebrate becoming fully independent of a job and just working for ourselves. We're excited for this year a lot. Like this is this year I'm turning 30. This will be a good year because we're going to grow and we're going to continue to grow and we're not going to stop. The whole point is what is success? How do you define success? Success is being able to do what you want and being free, I think, and being happy. That's our plans for this year, and we're on a good start. I will say that. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Josh. It was great talking to you, as always. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the struggle bus. 
we will continue to ride it out <laughs> until the end of the year. We're, we're moving. We're on this we're road. We're moving. The next stop off. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much.